Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to Eastern Border, and uh, hey, happy anniversary. This episode is called Happy Birthday to Us for a Reason. I have just returned from Ukraine and um, about to do another big thing, but in this episode I would like to thank Anate and Einars and Calvis for all the immense work and the dedication that they put into this show. Secondly, well, uh, I'll be talking more philosophically with you. I'll be just discussing the future of the show and uh, everything associated with it as it happens in our birthday episodes. My Stalin series has been like ground to a halt, but oh my, I've recorded so much material by now that when that comes out, it's going to be huge. However, right now, I want to say thanks to Anna Tashich, has just graduated, by the way. Clap, clap, clap. But, seriously speaking, uh, Ukraine kind of changed me. One thing that I must mention is that I will be in the Sound Education Conference this year as well, in Harvard University in October from 10th to 15th. And after that, I intend to go to New York City, and after that, I intend to go down and, like, more East Coast. And then, well, if you Texan listeners can get me a ticket back home and promise me to take care of me at your home, then... Why not? Why not? I'm going to be sticking in um, your places as well. But PM me for that because I will be visiting the United States once again. Just because, for one, I think that those people in Harvard really need to hear my story. They need to hear the story of Ukraine and everything. And uh, if you can donate some cash, please do. Because the fact that going to America costs a lot of money and I need to eat until October still remains valid. And I'm still thankful to everyone who's a Patreon because I've been neglecting those duties for a bit. Should probably get back on them and I will. However, been a hard time. Been a hard time this month. 
And in this episode, I will be talking to you about, you know, philosophical matters, how the show works, and also about the latest expositions about why I'm not going to Georgia, sadly, even though I should probably try and find a way because of what happened to Georgia this month, and secondly, about what's going to happen next with the show. I've got a lot of questions with you. I've got a lot of things about it, and I would like to continue my trip around the, the ex-Soviet Union. I do want to go back to Ukraine, in all sincerity, uh, but first I must visit Georgia to visit the Museum of Gori, of, of Stalin's Museum. However, the problem is that uh, Russian government has just declared that all flights from Aeroflot, from all the Russian flight agencies, are prohibited to Georgia from 8th of July, and I needed to be in Georgia on the 17th of July, which means that my flight will get refunded at some point, but not currently, which is just bizarre. However, I can't get to Georgia. Yeah, which is sad. Secondly, I'm going to be talking about why this happened and how all this happened. And um, I'm kind of melancholic this time because, like I said, well, we're celebrating our birthday because on the 27th of June, this podcast started. And this is when I'm recording this show. Yeah, and this is also the date, like, uh, the 26th, Anita, our editor, God bless her. Uh, when she graduated, and uh, she's been posting her uh, Latvian lessons on YouTube, which I've been resharing on our channel, so that's great too. So go check those out. But yeah, just been kind of thinking about everything because, for one, well, turns out that my heart isn't functioning as well as it should be. Turns out that after all this stress, yeah, my heart's been acting up. And I have not been the most um, useful members of society lately. However, I'll be trying to keep up with the historical episodes, because, well, as I can't go to Georgia next month, even though I will try, and maybe I will, I really hope that I will, because I can't, Pete is my buddy and I can't bring him down, but I want to bring the historical episodes up. You see, I want to bring more history in the picture. However, uh, seeing what's happening today in Ukraine has a bit, you know, changed me. It has changed my perspective, and maybe a couple of following episodes will be a bit more sad than you're used to. Then again, this is the episode where I'm supposed to be happy. This is the episode where I'm supposed to answer listener questions. This is my uh, anniversary episode, and I should remind you that, yeah, I will be in the United States in October, and uh, please help me out with that one. I'll keep you updated on Facebook and everything, and again, thanks to all the Patreon supporters. But all this that I want to talk about kind of ties together in itself. You see, uh, last year, I got a book from Prof. CJ when I was there. I think it was Prof. CJ from Dangerous History Podcast, go check that one out. And I got a book by Peter Colchin, it was called uh, Unfree Labor. It's a comparison between the serfdom in Russia and the slavery in the United States. And I read that book. I finally got to reading that book because I've been so busy and, and just so tired about doing everything. But then I re read that book and um, figured out that the differences are immense, yet the attitude still stays the same. Then I read a history account, a record of a baron, of a Baltic Germanic baron from this area, who then represents all this serfdom, all this oppression of my people in a much flatter manner. 
he kind of portrays himself as the bringer of enlightenment and bringer of justice in this area. And in many points, he actually, uh, well, uh, no pun intended, has a point. That's the scariest part of all the situation, but um, when you read this, you hear this paternalistic attitude and everything. And I'm afraid that this is what we have with uh, Ukraine right now, and I'm afraid that I have been guilty of this, because we haven't blessed enough with being in the European Union. However, we treat Ukrainians and other people in Europe who are not the part of EU as some sort of lesser people, and I uh, apologize to everyone if I haven't treated them as such, because truly it was not my intention. However... He also mentions some interesting parts about this, that, yeah, if you deny a lot of people's their own, you know, self-determination, then they do become more subservient. At least so is the way that he calls Laffians. This German baron, he, in this book, called Laffians treacherous and lying. And, but at the same time, diligent, too, but still treacherous and lying, and in the sense that we are his inferiors, because we have to work for our own uh, benefits, and we have to work for the fact to earn our own living, instead of just, you know, spending our days hunting and uh, hanging out and whatever. So it's kind of weird. So that gave me a perspective, so I will definitely be making an episode about the serfdom in Russia in comparison to the slavery. I have been getting a lot of messages from people in various parts of the world. Some of them coming even as so far as from South Africa, where it turns out that the Soviet Union had been influencing the apartheid regime there. I, I will check on that, I'll make an episode on that, but um, it kind of scares me. Because Soviet Union was big, and modern Russia is big as well, but the economical perspectives, like could look more different. And on one side, you know, I'm happy to have you, but yeah, I just hope that I'm doing a job good enough for you guys. But now, now I'm going to be switching over to the stuff that's been happening in Georgia, because that's important. And secondly, I will be telling you about the plans of the future of the show. And then, well, then if time allows me to, hey, Maybe you guys want to meet me in Boston from 10 to 15th of October, and if you're from New York, then please, please message me, because I will probably be relying on you, because I would rather, after my stay in Boston, stay in New York, and after I stuck in New York, then I would rather visit Texas or other states in the South and visit you guys too. So, right now, this whole period is coming into reality. I would be very happy if you would just poke me with this. And yeah, this is our birthday, so uh, this is not scripted, and I'm just, you know, sounding a bit chaotic. But, you know, once in a while, once in a while, I can allow myself to just speak openly in a mic. Don't you think? So, about what's important. You see, in Tbilisi, late on June 20th, several thousand people joined a protest at Georgia's parliament building. As many as 10,000 people filled the square outside the legislature. Activists protested against the Russian occupation of Georgia, demanding the resignation of Parliament Speaker Irakli Kobahidze, as well as the heads of the Georgia's Interior Ministry and State Security Service. After an hour, when their demands were not met, demonstrators started storming the Parliament building. The demonstration was a response to a speech by State Duma of Russia, Deputy Sergei Gavrilov at Georgia's Parliament. On June 20th, the legislature 
hosted a session of the Inter-Parliamentary Assembly of Orthodoxy, even though Georgia is not an Orthodox country. Gavrilov is the president of this organization. After the meeting began, the Russian lawmakers sat in the parliament speaker's chair and addressed the audience in Russian. Like, dude, from another country, from Russia, who has been at war with Georgia and have still occupied some of their territories. And I'm sorry, people from Abkhazia or South Ossetia, but uh, they are technically Georgian territories. And Russia has been acting as technically a liberator there. But yeah, I mean, someone from a foreign country invited to speak comes up to uh, your parliament and sits in the parliament speaker's chair and addresses your country in a language that is not Georgian without even a translator yet they still speak there. So yeah, that was a major faux pas and um, a major blunder of diplomacy. However, the Georgians themselves, you know, they acted out on this in a weird manner. But there's a major conflict once again between Georgians and Russians. Anyway, after the meeting began, the Russian lawmakers sat in the parliament speaker's chair and addressed the audience in Russian. This incident, which happened there because it was an invited guest which spoke in Russian while taking the parliament speaker's chair and, you know, not obeying the laws of diplomacy. Yeah, this incident outraged the deputies from Georgia's United National Movement and Movement for Liberty parties. This assembly meeting was disrupted and the deputy, Gavrilov, who was a member of uh, Russian Gosduma, not a uh, Georgian one, just so you know, he fled the building under police escort. The entire Russian delegation soon left Georgia altogether. Well, for obvious reasons, because otherwise they would be uh, probably beaten up or killed. Sergei Gavrilov has advocated, by the way, the independence of Abkhazia and South Ossetia, which are the reasons occupied by uh, Russian forces right now of Georgia, just because, well, he supports the pro-Russian governments there. These are the two breakaway regions in Georgia, recognized only and only by Moscow. According to the Georgian opposition, but denied by Gavrilov, he fought in Abkhazia during the Abkhaz-Georgian conflict in 1992 and 1993. Bijvina Ivanishvili, billionaire and chairman of the political party Georgian Dream, Prime Minister Mamuka Bahadze and Parliament Speaker Irakli Habohidze have publicly apologized for the fact that, quote, a representative of the occupied country, however briefly, occupied the seat of the Georgian Parliament Speaker. Basically, the problem is that the Russian person uh, of the Russian Gosduma occupied the Georgian parliament speaker's chair and introduced everyone his voices in Georgian, even though technically Georgia is not a Russian Orthodox country. Anyhow, the police of Georgia used tear gas, rubber bullets, and water cannons to disperse the protesters. Demonstrators, in turn, threw bottles at police and grabbed some of their shields. Dozens of people were injured in the clashes. At the time of this writing, when I read the script, Georgia's health ministry reported that 52 people were hurt in violence, including 38 police officers. Just so you know, the police did not turn their guns towards the civilians, because as they called themselves to Medusa, quote, we don't shoot our own people. Because this is a sidetrack, however it's important. Because Medusa went there, and the locals basically told that even though there might be protests, there might be things happening there, they don't shoot the locals, because they are normal people. And there was this massive protest action going on, and I'll carry on the story. However, I want to give you something by uh, Sergei Gavrilov, the Russian lawmaker, who basically stated that, quote, <clears throat> Handlers speaking the American version of the English language were guiding the Georgian journalists. Yeah. 
even though you, my dear American listeners, who support I call in for in this episode so that they can get to the United States and hang out there and whatever, but, uh, yeah, basically, even though there were anti-Russian protests in Georgia because of a Georgian politician's faux pas, the Russia uh, are blaming the United States of America. And I'm going to read from Medusa here, again, because Medusa are my buddies, and, uh, well, I'm sure they won't mind. Quote from uh, Mr. Gavrilov's interviews with Commerçant and the Russian news agency TASS and the RBC here, because uh, Sergei Gavrilov says some amazing things. And this whole thing is a quote. It's completely obvious that this is a prearranged provocation by Georgia's radical, liberal, anti-patriotic forces. The attacks of the Inter-Parliamentary Assembly of Orthodoxy were used as a pretext to discredit Orthodoxy. Seize the Parliament and lodge a coup d'etat. We conducted the Assembly meeting correctly. I sat where the hosts invited me to sit. I can work from side stool if needed be. I'm a modest man and I'm not seeking any honors here. We have witnessed extremist activity. Dozens of people took to the streets with earlier prepared banners against Russia, its president, and orthodoxy. Many Georgian media outlets systematically disseminated fake news that I took part in the fighting in Abkhazia. This is a lie and a provocation. By the way, our deputies saw how handlers speaking the American version of the English language were guiding the Georgian journalists. It's a shame that Georgia has no independent media. And I'm sorry, but I can't fucking step in with this. Yeah, fuck you, Russia! Talk about independent media. Seriously, guys, uh, this this is like, uh, me as a professional journalist, I just can't take this. I mean, Latvia has its own issues, everyone has its own issues, but saying that Georgia has no independent media when your own fucking country literally kills its own journalists, imprisons them, murders them. No, dudes, fuck off. This is, like, gonna get me, like, revoked from ads for this episode, but when a Russian politician and a diplomat speaks about independent media in his own fucking country, no, this is when I get angry. I mean, when someone from Russia calls me out and, and other people out for having no independent media, even though I can't even visit my relatives in Russia, whose letters I don't even get because they just found me on Facebook, and apparently I have relatives in Russia who have been writing to me for the past two years, and I have received one letter out of, like, 20. Yeah, thank you, guys. And I can't even visit them in Nizhny Novgorod, because, well, guess what? I speak things that Putin doesn't like. Screw you! Well, basically, an American accent in English language? What the fuck does this even mean? We have our own problems over here, but at least I know that I can communicate with some people. It's just stupid. And I'm gonna continue with this quote. Without this, a mature civil society is impossible. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Because, for one, you should probably look at your own fucking country where your last election was the most blatant fraud humanly possible. What's happening now is that basically Russia, due to their counter-sanctions, have denied me my trip to Georgia so I can't finish my Stalin series with a nice little trip to Gori so that I can't go and visit Stalin's fucking memorial museum. Fuck that noise, they've broken my ribs twice now. They've banned me from their fucking country. I've been shot at by fucking rockets and now this shit happens? And now they... Fucking Russian politicians there to say about something about freedom of fucking speech? Jesus. It's like, 
I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes what I read on the internet is just kind of scary about, you know, what happens in the American and European Union, but still, we're not in the way that someone's literally prohibited to go somewhere. Well, I am. This is uh, my anniversary episode. This is my birthday episode of the show, so I'm open about this, but honestly, I want to go to Russia. I want to be there. Because I have relatives there, which I haven't met for all this time that I have made this fucking podcast. Even the letters don't go through. And I don't even know if they read my Facebook messages, fuck's sake. And then, then some of this fucking pile of garbage just decides to tell that, hey, uh, in Georgia, you know, there is no press freedom there. It's all American lie. Are we living in the fucking Soviet Union again? Is this true? I mean, it's not very good over here as well. We have our own criticism, our own governments, and I'm... You know, I have a lot of things to criticize EU about, but this is just blatant lies and blatant idiocy about the fucking idiot who decided that, you know, he can just act like a boss in the Georgian parliament. And that is why, you know, people went out to protest because it was their right and because literally their country was assaulted by and attacked by Russia and because, you know... Parts of their country are occupied by Russia, just as Transnistria and Moldova. However, Russia takes no responsibility. Russian people, by the way, are among the greatest and best people that I know on this planet Earth. They're the friendliest, the nicest, and the kindest. They truly deserve a democracy. However, that has been stolen from them. The strike has been stolen from them, and the latest acts of Georgia, which just prevent me to even just go there and do a report for them, just prove this shit. And I'm sorry for being angry, but hey, it's my birthday episode, and I honestly have kind of stopped giving a fuck. And uh, sorry, I not, but yeah, need your help, guys, to get to the states. But for this, like, I can't really agree to anything they do because, jeez, in response to these protests against the Russian embassy, the Russia has declared that Ida flood flights shall not happen from the 8th of July, which includes my flight as well. But okay, let's just continue. Just, you know, had to rage out a bit. Hey guys, Annette here. Glad to have you with us on our birthday episode. How long have you been a listener of The Eastern Border? Let us know in the comments on our Facebook page or on our website, theeasternborder.lv. As always, a big, big thank you to all of our Patreons. If you're not a Patreon and would like to become one, head over to patreon.com slash theeasternborder to find out how you too can support our show. And to keep up to date with everything Eastern Border, follow us on our social media like Facebook, Twitter and Discord. That's it from me now. Here's to many more years of the Eastern Border and see you online. This podcast brought to you by RussianVoiceOvers.eu. Enjoy. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But yeah, continuing on. Former Georgian President Mikhail Saakashvili has expressed his support for the protesters. Saakashvili called on police officers to disobey their orders and, quote, go over to the side of the people, end quote. Currently on a visit to Minsk, Georgian President Salome Zorabichvili condemned Saakashvili's remarks, saying, quote, it's totally unacceptable for a citizen of other country, Saakashvili is now a Ukrainian citizen, by the way, to call for abroad on the police to disobey orders. Georgian officials have called on protesters to sit down for talks. Georgian Interior Minister Georgi Gakharina has acknowledged that demonstrators, quote, have certain grounds for a just protest, end quote. But he's also stressed that activists guilty of attacking police officers will be punished. Prime Minister Mamuka Bakhatadze, who also called the protest, end quote, just, has accused the opposition of trying to pull Georgia from the regal framework that was created once and for all in this country. Russia's foreign ministry, however, has condemned the actions of Georgia's radical political forces. Yeah, again, like I spoke about this. Deputy Foreign Minister Georgi Karashin told reporters that Moscow is outraged at the collapse of the Interparliamentary Assembly of Orthodoxy session, and, quote, We express our indignation at the actions of representatives of Georgia's radical political forces who took an important international forum that unites the world's orthodox states and used it to splash their own anti-Russian sentiment. That's what Karasin said. Meanwhile, American diplomats called on both protesters and law enforcement to, quote, Remain calm, exercise restraint, and act only within the framework of the Constitution. And that's the big problem. That's the big problem here, because how do you act upon the restraints of the Constitution? What do you do? How do you fight all the situation? How do you deal with this? Recently, I got a question, by the way, uh, from a South African listener. Um, hey, thanks to you, bro. That wasn't a romantical reply, just, you know, I haven't uh, been able to deal with all the situation. And about how Soviet Union supported the apartheid in the, their country. However... It's kind of a similar situation because <laughs> Russia currently uses all their might and influence to support subversive elements into various different countries just so they could, uh, you know, then tell that those subversive elements exist in said countries. It's kind of a weird, bizarre way of a, a black market mingling. It's a bizarre way of stating that even though they have their own problems that they should focus upon on their own country... Instead, they're focusing and supporting the uh, more aggressive and fanatical amounts of other countries. It's a bizarre option here. Like, what do you do? Do you protest or do you not protest? I mean, if there's a kind of a weird, bizarre protest happening, then, uh, you know, it might be Russia-supported or not. And again, I'm not a Russophobe at all, because I believe Russians deserve to have true democracy. However... Russian government has been spending so much money uh, supporting other governments and other peoples in their own, like, struggles for whatever issues they've had. They've supported the Yellow Jackets in Paris. They have supported now this. 
in a way, they also funded the Armenian Revolution, which kind of struck me out because that was a clearly anti-Russian one. It's weird because it's all about these subversive tactics. It's like they pick the espionage ideas in EU4 and never let go of them. But that's what you get in modern-day realpolitik, don't you? I mean, in the same way, uh, the Russian government and a lot of Russian media have been, like, bashing the new uh, Chernobyl series, too, by the way, in the HBO. Those series which all of you probably have watched and which people have uh, asked me to review. Yeah, I won't do that. I'll probably watch them. I haven't watched them still, but the Russian government have just bashed them in full, even though, well... You know, if you watch them and have heard my podcasts, then you know that, yeah, they're pretty accurate, because as far as I know, those series depict the Russian government as being the guilty ones in this whole situation, even though the new Russian series intend to depict uh, heroic KGB officers fighting against the villainous and treacherous infiltrators from the CIA who want to disturb the operation methods of uh, the glorious Soviet uh, station. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for my stupid actions and my stupid voice here, but it's just dumb. I mean, I'm all for peace in a way. I mean, I like it when people could just, like, get along together, and I get all these questions, and I have fans from India and all over the world, and I have never expected of them. And for one, I have immense respect for everyone on my team, especially my editor, whom I have, like, pissed off so many times on the internet when I had my own mental breakdowns. Because, you know, this is another thing that happens when I make the show. I have I have mental breakdowns sometimes and I can't deal with myself. And then and the person who listens to me is Anata, our editor. And then she deals with my shit. And she doesn't hate me for it. And then she still keeps editing it. And uh, she's still nice to me. And that's a surprising thing because... Sometimes, just, you know, when you're making a show about how your people were oppressed and how now you just read on the internet that some of this violence could have been justified, you just break down and the show breaks me too. It's work. It's hard work. And then, then when you, when you just read on the news about how more people have been just abusing the whole situation to gain their own political power, how they have been just doing their own fucking shit, play their own cards right play their own things right and just whatever this orthodox assembly was still you probably shouldn't be doing this in other countries parliament speakers seat in other countries language especially in the countries who has occupied you then again i fuck up too i fuck up too majorly i like i said i have fucked up more in my life than uh, probably most of you guys However, well, I try to take full responsibility for my actions. I try to do the best that I can to fix all the situation. Not easy sometimes, but you have to do it. Still, I won't be able to go to Georgia because of all the situation. And uh, I apologize to all my patrons, to whom I haven't given enough support and praise during this whole era, because I really do need your support. Because, hey, you guys pay my salary. However, I'll try my best to keep on moving, and... uh, now I have to figure out how to get to the States and how to make sure that I can somehow visit Russia without Russian government knowing that too. And somehow visit Georgia without the Georgian government not allowing me to enter from within Russia. All of this is just, well, bizarre in a way. But yeah, sorry for this ranty and weird episode, but uh, 
Now you know why I can't go to Georgia this uh, next month and why I will not be able to bring you strange things from Gori, even though I will try. Because I think I can still go back to Ukraine and still enter there with a bus, but um, I don't like when uh, people's freedoms are oppressed, because that's kind of not good a thing. However, I'll try my best, try to enter there, gonna try to do things, and uh, next episode you're getting, probably longer than you would expect, because I need to get back to uh, my long-form episodes, you know. If I want, then, uh, hey guys, Patreons will stop supporting me, and I depend on your payments, because you guys pay my salary, guys, and, uh, love all of you. It's been a lot of years since I've been with you. You know, this show's grown some beard, if you so can say in that way. But, uh, trying our best here, trying our best, and, uh, well, I have to give a huge thanks again to all of my team, and everyone who supports me in this area, and uh, it's been a hard, hard time. All of this. Been banned from Russia, my ribs have been broken a lot of times. I've been shot by rockets and I still go on. Wouldn't be there without you. Everyone who supports this show is a valued member of this community, even though I fail in my responsibilities now and then. You guys are the best, and I love you all of you. We'll manage and we'll fight. Why? Because we have to. That's what we do. Because happiness Happiness is mandatory. And with that, I turn this today's show. Next episode, fully historical one, you're getting nothing but historic episodes in July and up until October. Well, that's done you, товарищ, and uh, I guess, thank you for being there. Oh, and if you don't like the ads, then uh, go listen to my least uh, important LV page, because, you know, from over there, you can't hear the ads. That's another thing. Little tiny secret. Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The Dark Myths Void. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.